out in the sunshine, and I hope we can all get down to that weekend out at Earthworks Farm. It sounds like a wonderful time. Mike Perini's coming up next with Pandora's Lunchbox. Try to remember what the message from the Hopi elders told us. Time to let go of the shore, push off into the river, keep your heads above the water. That's right. See you next week. Good evening. It's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. And summer is coming near, and you know what that means. That means we need to do our theme song in Swedish today. Det är måndag morgon Och mitt huvud känns så tungt Jag sa just det att det är måndag morgon Och mitt huvud känns så tungt När jag sitter här Med ett glas grepfrutt ljus Sjungande The Grace Hankling Well, in case you didn't understand what I meant by summer coming up and singing in Swedish, that's because I don't know what I'm talking about. You can say that again. That is the dulcet tone of Povel Rommel, Swedish singer extraordinaire, actually very funny singer and very funny lyricist, from what I'm told from people who speak Swedish in the summer or any other time of year. That is a recording from 1951. Notice the reference to grapefruit juice? Yeah. Well, hold on. Let's hear him a little bit more. Basically, you know, I, I showed up here at the radio station today with no idea what I was going to do and no plan, so... We're in Swedish. <laughs> That's what we are, is hep, hep, hep. Okay. On from uh, Povel Rommel of Sweden, the great artist. We'll hear a little bit more of him later. But in the meantime, um, I'm in the mood for a hot dog. And it makes me mad. me for granted all of the time to teach him a lesson make him mad i went out on a date with the best friend he had that made him mad boy hot dog that made him mad and he hugged me and he kissed me and he asked me not to do it again oh late last night when i came in he demanded to know just where I'd been, but I really put him right in his place. Instead of an answer, I laughed in his face. That made him mad, boy. Hot dog, that made him mad. So he hugged me and he kissed me and he asked me not to do it again. <laughs> 
change That he would leave Well, you should have seen him Was his face red When I laughed and told him Just go right ahead That made him mad, boy I thought that made him mad So he hugged me and he kissed me And he asked me not to do it again Well, the moral is To play it cool Let your guy know You're nobody fool When he gets the thinking You're all his own Let him know that you can take him Or leave him alone That makes him mad, boy I thought that makes him mad And he'll hug you and he'll kiss you And he'll ask you not to do it again Yeah, he'll hug you and he'll kiss you He'll squeeze you and he'll please you And he'll ask you not to do it again Wanda Jackson, the wonderful Wanda Jackson, and that is from the album Rockin' with Wanda, and it's called Hot Dog That Made Him Mad. Well, Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food, and because that had hot dog in the title, it's good enough for me. Okay, I have a story to tell about uh, Wanda Jackson. I saw her a couple of weeks ago, went to Omaha and Lincoln, Nebraska on vacation to visit family and friends, and I saw her in a club called the Zoo Bar in Lincoln, and the opening band was the Mezcal Brothers. That's another food reference, I believe. And they were awesome, and they opened not, they opened for her, and they played with her. Uh, Wanda Jackson, in 1956, was persuaded by Elvis Presley to do rockabilly when she was already doing country music, and they dated for a while. Now she's 69 years old, and she puts on a mean, mean show and has a song called Mean, Mean Man, too, which she does. Saw her in Lincoln, and at one point during the show, she decided that she wanted to tell us something personal about her life and about something that meant a lot to her. And she said in June 1971, she discovered, I believe it was, did she say discovered Jesus? How did she put it? But either way, she talked about the fact that she discovered religion and how important it was to her. And I can't tell if right then she apologized for saying, you know, sorry, this is not the usual thing to talk about or whatever. And somebody in the audience, a woman, shouted, Jesus rocks! And I, being, I don't know, I thought to myself, I wonder if the people with her at the table would start chuckling and looking self-conscious. But no, no such thing happened. And so she kept talking about it. And she played the great tune by Hank Williams, I Saw the Light. And when I knew she was playing Hank, I thought to myself, Hank rocks! So it was great. Uh, Afterwards, she said, thank you for letting me share such a personal thing. There was a smattering of applause when she did this which is very interesting. Now, I was with my friends Rachel and Donald, originally from Ann Arbor, now in Lincoln. And so this was an interesting reaction in Lincoln, Nebraska, because Donald said that Wanda Jackson played in Metro Detroit, actually at the Man- Magic Bag, and she made the same little speech and did the song, and there was embarrassed silence when she talked about how she found religion and all that kind of stuff. And I just thought that was very interesting, but not interesting enough to tell you what I th- to tell you anything more about it. Nonetheless... Soup. Okay, on to the next thing. Life is a minestrone.
may be one of the best songs ever written about minestrone. This is Life is a Minestrone by 10CC. And what I find very interesting is that 10CC, in fact, were persuaded... Actually, they decided to release Life is a Minestrone first. There was another song from the album, this was in 1975, called I'm Not in Love, which many people may remember. But 10CC wanted, instead of I'm Not in Love, to release Life is a Minestrone. 
And in fact, it was a big hit in England, not such a big hit here, which is why we're playing it here. We need to really get together and think about Minestrone a little more often. I can't really explain why right now, but nonetheless, it's true. Now, the good news is I've gone to the web, the World Wide Web, the wonderful World Wide Web, www. And I found a story uh, with Minestrone mentioned in it, in it. This is from the website called, hold on, hold on, The Inquirer, I-N-Q-U-I-R-E-R. And it goes like this. Creative spills the beans on X5 faults. This is from May 17th. Creative Labs has spilled some beans to the INQ regarding complaints that its X5 card crackles like bubbling Minestrone. Franco De Bonis, Creative's European audio business manager, says Creative finally managed to reproduce the crackling and distortion symptoms, which were reported on some systems up to two months ago. Apparently, all of those that exhibited the symptoms were high-spec gaming systems. Isolating them has taken a bit of time, mostly because I don't understand a word I'm saying. Okay, that's something from the Inquirer website, and it said minestrone and beans in there, so... Needless to say, I thought that it would be important to share with you. But onto something that makes sense. Actually, deep breath. Coming up this Sunday is an event put on by food gatherers, the Food Rescue Operation in Washtenaw County. Perhaps some of the words I'm saying are registering because I'm making sense again. But on Sunday, food gatherers has their annual grilling event at the Washtenaw Farm Council grounds. This is an event raising money for their efforts to rescue food in Washtenaw County. If I remember correctly, they rescue about 3 million pounds of food a year from restaurants that might not be able to serve it or from other food-producing operations. They're very particular about it. They follow, they follow safety regulations, and they make food available to all kinds of people instead of throwing food away like so many restaurants and people do. That's food gatherers for you. And... On the 11th, they're going to have an event at the Washtenaw Farm Council grounds on Ann Arbor Saline Road. And there's going to be a lot of stuff going on. There's going to be food, would you believe, salads, beverages, gourmet sausages, grilled chicken, desserts, and music. There's always music, and it's always George Bernard and the Kingpins every year, pretty much, for food gatherers. They're going to be playing there. Also, Down the Line will be playing, and Al and Whit Hill will be playing. There will be a food-inspired silent auction. And there will be kids' activities and stuff from the Ann Arbor Hands-On Museum. And it says here, Dancing Carrots. All of the Dancing Carrots. So all of this is going to be at Grillin' for Food Gatherers, which takes place this Sunday from 3 to 8 p.m., rain or shine. That's, going, that's their 17th fundraiser, in fact, at the Washtenaw Farm Council Grounds on Ann Arbor Saline Road. This is Food Gatherers. And you can look it up, look up more information about the rescue operation I've been talking about here at foodgatherers.org. Foodgatherers.com is something else, but don't look that up. Foodgatherers.org. And needless to say, it's going to be delicious. Ooh, we're going to have fun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's a cozy table, isn't it? <laughs> and champagne, my dear. Delicious. You like it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
That was just delicious. It was just delicious, really. It was Jim Backus. Actually, I should have had a contest to guess who's who's the voice because uh, there was one voice speaking that it could be Arthur Godfrey. Godfrey. In, 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 this is remember we played some Swedish earlier, so I've been my tongue's been a little out since then. <laughs> Arthur Godfrey was one guess. Somebody called and said that it sounded like the father from A Christmas Story. That actor who passed away recently, I believe, and I can't remember his name. Now, that's another quiz question, in fact. But, actually, it's Jim Backus, who not only played Thurston Howell III, that important cultural icon that we've all pretty much looked to for inspiration, but also as the caller who just called, being making them a caller, mentioned, also played Mr. Magoo. So it's very cultural. It's from the collection Dr. Demento, 20th Anniversary Collection, the greatest novelty records of all time. And I just want to say thank you, Lucas. That's all I want to say. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food, food for thought, and and making it up as you go along, uh, doing radio by the seat of your pants. Now, I wanted to mention this. This was brought to my attention today about lunchboxes. Now, this being Pandora's Lunchbox, this is very close to my heart. This is actually an item from last fall, but I thought I would bring it up now. A lunchbox maker has... Strict, strict a deal with New York. I don't know what the past tense is in Swedish or any other language, but this is from the Associated Press. Families that bought tens of thousands of superhero lunchboxes that government tests have shown include traces of lead can get their money back under an agreement between the distributor and the state attorney general in New York. 
Meanwhile, a California public interest group hopes the pact between Fast Forward of New York City and New York Attorney General Elliot Spitzer will bolster their civil lawsuits to rid California of lunchboxes with lead. Spitzer spokesperson Spitzer spokesperson Spitzer let me put that delicious record on again. A spokesperson for New York's Attorney General emphasized there's only a very mild concern that the soft plastic and mesh lunch boxes illustrated with comic book superheroes could harm children. He said there is greater concern about the lead being released into the environment when the lunch boxes are thrown away. Some of the lunch boxes exceeded the allowable limits of lead under a state hazardous packaging law. Lunch boxes with superheroes on them who are supposed to make you safe. Nonetheless, it has have lead in them, and it's they're plastic lunch boxes with lead. Lead, I believe, is used as a stabilizer in some of these things, and that's just really weird. So, from eating lead, I want to also mention the idea of eating gold, which I think that Jim Backus and his friend they were doing because they were so happy about it. But this is from a website, a blog, sorry, called Watashi to Tokyo, and you know, there it is. Let me just read this directly. Have you ever eaten gold? It sounds strange if I ask such a question. However, a little bit of gold in a snack or in sake is not uncommon in Japan. I would like to introduce to you edible gold. Pika pika is an expression for the brightness of gold. Pikachu's name came from this. Can gold be eaten? Gold raises the body's metabolism by promoting smooth blood circulation. Gold also prevents... <laughs> Difficulty in speaking, that's not there. Gold also prevents inflammation, and even today it is used to treat tuberculosis or rheumatism. In the past, Chinese consumed gold as an elixir of life, and in Europe, gold was taken as a special cure for spleen infections. So now you know not only is it possible to eat gold, but gold also has medical purposes. Olympic medalists don't have to pretend to just bite their medals. They can actually eat them. In addition, gold is not only found in food these days, but gold flakes are also an additive in high-quality skin cream in China. The Okay. Kanazawa City in Ishikawa, Japan, is famous for its lively activities in arts, crafts, and traditional culture. Gold deposits, and therefore gold leaf, is an additive in many regional cuisines. The origin of Kanazawa's name came from the legend of Togoro. As the story goes, long ago, a potato digger named Togoro rinsed his potatoes in the river. One day, while in his harvest, he spotted gold on his potatoes. He had struck it rich. This is the origin of the name Kanazawa, combining the figures for gold and swamp, Kanazawa. And the last name, by the way, of the person on the blog is Kanazawa, which is a name common to goldsmiths. Arwolf. I have a question. Is this also the origin of the Yukon gold potato? Wow. I'm My mind is reeling. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that no, to you. No, my mind was reeling, actually, for the last half hour anyway. But uh, As you were. Yes, Yukon gold potatoes sound mighty good right now. As you will be. And, and as it ever shall be. Yukon gold potatoes with gold on them. That actually presents a lot of possibilities. Oh, yeah. Now, there are many gold products makers in Kanazawa, and he says he feels happy when he looks at their shiny golden pages. An edible gold leaf comes in the dimensions of 10 centimeters to 10 centimeters and will set you back a certain amount of money. I can't read that here. It's more expensive than a bagel, yet it won't satisfy your appetite. In other words, I will never be able to enter a word of, a word of such luxury. Well, there it is. Uh, oh, actually, here are some ideas. Some ideas for gold eating. Sake and wine. Alcohol with gold can be found at big supermarkets, even the one next to the station near my place. Cakes, puddings, candies, monaka, an example of Japanese sweets. Gold soba, which is a buckwheat noodle. I think gold soba looks bad, he says. Even if it's gold, sprinkle modestly. Golden coffee. Actually, there are pictures on this website. Watashi to Tokyo. 
And this is a website that I believe, if you sprinkle it with gold, it will help your metabolism. Oh, here we go. A gold, they've got a golden ham. They've got rice crackers in a golden heart shape. And it says, why did they bother making golden heart rice crackers? That's a fine question. Sushi made with gold. Party dishes full of gold. And gold omelets with rice. Gold omelets with rice. This, to me, sounds like a great idea in a diner. I'm just saying. Well, we're just about to run out of time here. Actually, no, I'm running out of brain power, but we're almost not out of time yet. Coming up at 7 o'clock is Face the Music with Arwolf. I want to mention, this is an interesting thought, and Lashish, a Middle Eastern chain in the area, has been a little, not the chain itself, but there's been a lot of controversy surrounding the owner of Lashish. There's an article in the Ann Arbor News recently about it, and what's interesting here is the owner of Lashish has been charged with tax evasion, and federal prosecutors allege he has links to the Lebanese group Hezbollah. Hezbollah is on the U.S. State Department's list of terrorist organizations. And the owner, his name is, oh, for goodness, here we go, Talal Chahine, the owner of Lashish. And some people, it seems, to, seems are responding by saying, oh, I'd better stay away from Lashish because the owner has been accused by the government of having leanings to groups that are accused of being terrorist groups. Well, um, uh, Arwolf, actually... I just wanted to ask you if you have a second. How is the government's track record with actually convicting people of uh, terrorist uh, things like that? Do you know offhand? I mean, a, a track record. Yeah. I didn't know. Is it like a, a spectator sport then? I think I think for some it is. A track some record. Some news organizations it is. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a race against time is what I think they want you to think, and it's all about building up stress. Stress is good for the body politic. So more stress is good. As far as actually catching terrorists, I'm not sure how this is done, especially if the people trying to catch terrorists are themselves terrorists, sort of like the serpent swallowing its tail. Um, in which case, uh, it's just another hot and humid day in the Kali Yuga, and we just need to see what we can do to alleviate suffering. Thank you. Thank you. I was just wondering about that. Now, the thing is, as a matter of fact, um, you know, so so Lashish has a bunch of restaurants, a dozen or so restaurants, and the thing about that is that they're all not directly owned by the overall owner. Some of them are franchises and are owned by different people. So some of those people, I heard that the the Lashish in Orchard Lake has had a drop of about 50% in, in uh, customers because of this controversy. The thing is that nothing has been proven. There's been an accusation, and some of the places are owned as franchises separately from the larger ownership. So, okay, anyway, that's just what I want to say about that. And just a moment here, I want to now go to Wanda Jackson again. Well, once they had a dance, they called the bunny hop. Now the cats are in a trance, so they want to do this by when the band begins to rock and it's rocking to your blues, if you think you blow your top, well put on your rock and shoot and and baba,
Bob. Thank you. Wanda Jackson, still going strong. This has been Pandora's Lunchbox for about a half an hour. I've been Mike for at least that long, and thank you for listening. Next week, there will be a subject. Uh, coming up now, it is Arwolf and Face the Music. And just a thought as to what I was talking about, about Lashish restaurants. Never deny yourself a chance to eat food. That's just really important. And quickly mentioning one more time, Food Gatherers has their annual Grillin' for Food Gatherers event this Sunday from 3 to 8 p.m. at the Washtenaw Farm Council Grounds. That is money to, that is a benefit to benefit, sentence finish. This is to benefit this food rescue organization. And just to get out of here now, we've got a song by Mystic Shake, which is from East Lansing, just the tail end of the song. I think that's the final word on this whole Lachie situation. Here we go, Mystic Shake, WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Tune in for all of Space the Music. so much better now. Thank you, Mike. That was wonderful. That was our national anthem, and you heard it on Radio Free Ann Arbor, WCBN-FM. Radio Free to Bully. There's only one way to follow that one up and to open up Face the Music for this evening, and that is with a monologue by the great Stanley Holloway. This particular 